Hey everyone, I'm Shannon Abel, Media Marketing Specialist at Blue Acorn ICI and host of The Funnel. Each episode, I interview customer experience experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter most to brand and retail professionals. Today, we have with us Chase Brook, Director of Analytics at Blue Acorn ICI. Welcome, Chase. Thanks, Shannon. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, do you mind just giving me a brief background of what you do and how you got started in analytics? Yeah, definitely. Um, so as Shannon mentioned, I'm the Director of Analytics and Optimization at Blue Acorn ICI. Uh, so I'm primarily responsible for delivery against our analytical practices and our optimization practice. So what that means is essentially uh, digital performance measurement, uh, dashboards and reporting, API identification, and then our testing program, which is focused on both AB and multivariate testing, as well as personalization campaigns. Uh, really anything and everything related to crunching quantitative numbers and extracting value from, uh, from those metrics. Uh, before Blue Acorn, I was the manager of Season Pass Analytics at Vail Resorts, uh, where I focused on modeling, benchmarking, and analyzing the Epic Season Pass for over 18 resorts. And before that, I was doing uh, digital marketing for an agency. Um, so I've been doing analytics for around 13 years and uh, really excited to be driving delivery for Blue Acorn ICI. Great. Awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about mobile first customer experience, which I think today is still extremely relevant since most people are still working from home and using their phones a lot more. So like this is still a really relevant topic with everything going on. So just to kick off, Chase, what trends are shaping the mobile customer experience today? Yeah, great question and, and a great topic. I think, you know, we've seen for a long time the device shift mix into mobile away from desktop. And there, there's a lot of reasons behind that. You know, technology and just the, the iPhone and various smartphones have changed the way that the, the consumer sort of shops online. Um, so as the consumer has moved more towards smaller viewports, both development efforts and UX UI has become mobile first and analytics and testing has become mobile centric. Uh, the, the general reason is, is to, we want our experiences, we want our UX, we want the experience that you have while shopping or browsing to meet where the customers are currently and the trend as mentioned has continued to be more and more and more mobile. It's not a trend that's going away. I think there's a lot of debate on the best uh, methodology to capitalize on it. But because this is really not a new phenomenon, this has been happening at least for the last five to eight years or so, I'd say. Um, businesses are very aware, but I think the manner in which they can elegantly match both sort of the look and feel with the functionality on small viewports is still very much a, uh, an area of opportunity that everyone's trying to figure out. And as we know, essentially scroll depth, the further down a page, whether you're mobile or desktop, the less traffic, the less viewing, the less uh, engagement you're going to get. So essentially the stakes on a mobile device are a lot higher because you have to get everything uh, essentially above the fold on a very small screen size. So it's, a very, it's an interesting challenge and I think some of the best players are finding very simple ways to, to meet on the, on the mobile 
They're really focused on touches such as sticky navigation and sticky CTAs, and then also just trying to give a relatively seamless experience for the users that end up moving from mobile to desktop. And what do consumers expect from these mobile user experiences, especially with the pandemic? And it's really changed, it's shifted a lot of expectations customers have with the brands they shop with. So how does how has that affected it as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more instant gratification for all the details that are required to make a purchase. And that's pretty high order if you think about it from a, from a business perspective to be able to meet all those needs, but they're pretty unwavering in terms of the customer expectation. So, you know, whether it's, whether it's a very expensive mattress or uh, whatever, a knife set, whatever it is, I think it's really about ensuring that you're providing enough information for the researcher or the user to continue down a path to purchase without falling out due to a frustration. Some of this is being aware enough when, you know, essentially what level of detail to show on our PDP, for instance, and then how to give that user more ability to expand into uh, information such as sort of accordion drop downs or uh, subsequent pages to continue the exploration. I think it's very interesting to think about basically the, the time to purchase and how that relates to both average order values, but also screen sizes. And essentially what we see is when you have a smaller priced good that takes a little less education and awareness for the user to, to believe that they want to buy it, you can have more, you know, you have a lot of success on mobile because it's, it's quick, it's easy, they don't need a lot of detail, it's very just transactional in nature. Uh, the challenge gets amplified when you get into higher price goods such as $1,200, $1,500 mattresses where there's a higher consideration period. And then you really need to think about what is the, the right level of detail to provide on mobile. And then ultimately, is that mobile user going to transact on the phone itself? Or are they going to cross over device, do further research on the desktop and pull the trigger on desktop? Because of that relationship, we see significantly higher conversion rates on desktop devices. However, a lot less volume. Um, we're generally seeing 60 plus percent session volume coming in on mobile. However, uh, a lot of times the mobile conversion rate can be 50 to 100% greater than, sorry, the desktop conversion rate can be 50 to 100% higher than the mobile. So desktop so has higher conversion rate, but less volume of purchases? Correct. Yep. 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 And that's pretty standard. You're really going to see that across the board. Um, and one of the very interesting sort of, not catch 22s per se, but an interesting enigma is if traffic is shifting to a device type that carries a lower conversion rate, what does that mean for the aggregate performance of the business? And how can you amplify the mobile conversion rate to potentially make up any loss that you might see from the desktop side if traffic is moving away from desktop into mobile? Do you think eventually it will reverse roles almost when you'll start seeing a higher conversion rate on mobile? I think it'll march towards, I think it'll continue to increment uh, and get closer. I think there's, there's UX methodologies that are making it easier to consume information such as, you know, as, as mentioned, sticky nows and CTAs, but different modals, different ways to use imagery and video. I think the better job we can do on mobile to impart the relevant information, the higher conversion rate we're gonna to continue to see. 
But I don't think the nature of higher price goods skewing towards a desktop purchase is going to change anytime soon because there's sort of a formality and there's a there's a there's more intent when someone appears to be purchasing on a desktop and as you purchase more expensive things it feels a little more rash at this moment in time to purchase on mobile but again i think that will continue to shift it really has to do with the optimization of consumer education to give them enough confidence to pull the trigger. Right. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, I remember when I first moved into my home a couple of years ago and we were buying furniture, I would do so much research on my phone, but when it actually came time to buy like a new couch, I had to do it on my desktop. I couldn't, just, right. I couldn't purchase like a $1,500 couch on my phone. It was just too weird. But. Right. Exactly. And I feel like it's a very, um, there is a, uh, almost like a CPG aspect of mobile, right? Like you can impulse buy that candy bar as you walk through the checkout, uh, but you're not gonna impulse buy a $1,500 couch. And sometimes mobile has that feeling of, that's that quick $15 thing that I just bought that I don't need. But if I'm really in a heavy intent, heavy research phase, I'll probably shift to desktop. Um, right. So even things like buy now, pay later, like that really does ease me into buying more things on my phone there's things where say it was like a i don't know like 50 dollar dress but if i see the buy now pay later on my phone i'm a lot more likely to buy it just because less to, less to pay for it one time but exactly and i think that's a great point too is there's a lot of psychology on the on the mobile devices in terms of how to make it feel less daunting how to spread it out payment processors such as apple pay paypal there are methods that make the path to purchase so short and so easy, it holds people onto the mobile device uh, more efficiently than shifting them to desktop. And some of that is the payment processors, some of it is phones now memorizing or storing your credit card information so you don't actually have to pull out your wallet. There's a lot of optimization tactics on the mobile device that stack the deck in your favor um, to continue increasing that conversion rate. Where are some of those specific tactics? Well, so a lot has to do with social, right? So you're, what we're seeing now is, especially the millennial buying group, is researching and finding things that they like on Instagram, on Facebook, on other sources. They are getting confidence in that purchase through influencers or through other means. And then they're looking to purchase right there, whether it's in uh, the social media platform itself or at a minimum staying on that mobile device as they go from Instagram to shopping to uh, the business website to a conversion. So that I think enables a user to have a 360 degree experience on their phone. And it's a, you know, it's, I don't know how new it is nowadays, but it's definitely a different way of shopping that a, a younger generation is now sort of expecting in terms of, how they gain awareness of products, how they learn and shop those products, and then ultimately how they transact. And if you can align all those activities elegantly on a mobile phone, you're gonna see a lot of uplift there because there won't be fallout between moving from my mobile device to my desktop device. Right. So how do brands identify the pain points in their mobile user experience? So what we do in terms of an optimization tactic, and this is both mobile and desktop, but you know, we'll segment into mobile, is we're really looking 
along the, the conversion funnel, where do we see friction points? And I like to essentially flip the funnel on its head. So we start at a conversion event, we work backwards through the checkout flow, we look at the cart, we look at the add to cart, and we look at PDP uh, performance. So at any portions along that path, if you see higher fallout, you see sort of underwhelming add to cart rates or underwhelming general conversion rates or uh, some area you know related to checkout is seeing bounces that you, you wouldn't normally see in terms of volume or you wouldn't expect to see these are all essentially warning flags that there's some level of friction that is causing users to uh, second guess the decision and that sort of high level analysis gives us the insight to focus and prioritize where we'd want to begin testing so for instance if i'm seeing a disconnect between the level of product detail views and the volume of add to carts on a mobile device, the, the rates feel low, then it's telling me that there is something about that CTA on the PDP or there's something about the information on that PDP that is not resonating enough with the consumer to uh, add to cart and take the next step. So from that point, we start essentially building out test ideas that would iterate against the, the current control experience with the goal of lifting the KPI that's closest to the change we make. Um, and so when I say closest to the change we make, let's say we did a test on a product detail page. Yes, I would be interested in conversion rates ultimately and revenue growth, but what I'm most interested in is how does that change that we made on a product detail page influence the add to cart action that is most directly linearly connected to uh, the page itself. And that's where we can sort of say, this change that we made had a statistically significant impact on users' propensity to click this button. Do you have any examples you can speak to about these specific tests you've run for some of our clients? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of mentioned it a few times, but for, for a specific lighting client, we work to figure out the optimal mobile sticky nav arrangement. And when I say sticky nav, there's a couple different ways you can think about how the mega menu or navigation moves with you as you scroll up and down a mobile phone. It can move with you when you scroll down and when you scroll up. That's sort of typical. So you're always, it's always stuck to you moving around with you. Or it can just appear to uh, stick when you move up on the screen. So basically, as you're scrolling down, you get your full viewport, and then when you scroll back up, which is generally the behavior for I'm ready to go somewhere else, then it can come down and stick. In this specific client, we saw a lot of lift for having it be sticky on both up and down, and we saw a lot of navigational throughput deeper into PDPs and higher add-to-cart rates just because we were giving that user, their thumb was closer to the activity we wanted to take and ultimately that resulted in a win for the client. So it's very interesting and a lot of it is like, I would say relatively, you don't have to take massive swings to see a strong result. A lot of it is smaller and intentful testing that sees strong lift because it just gets the, uh, the event that you want to occur closer to the user within their experience. 
Do you often recommend brands that when they're doing these testing, they test it both on mobile and desktop to see the difference? Yeah, we generally do. I mean, it, sometimes it, it, it depends, you know, the flavor of the testing. And if we're talking specifically sort of about sticky aspects, mobile is, is we probably stay mostly in the mobile space, but there is opportunity on desktop to do it as well. It's very scenario specific. One thing we like to test on desktop, especially on the product detail views, is when you have a lot of content and you're scrolling down, really getting deep into the research, it can be very effective to have anchor tags or uh, methods for slingshotting the user back up to the top of the page so you don't exhaust them on the manual scroll back to the top towards the CTA. Or you stick the CTA and you carry it with them so that after they've consumed all the information down and down and down the page, their call to action is still very close so we don't lose them due to an unnecessary amount of scrolling. Do you find that across all industries, there's some common pain points that you see in the user experience? Yeah, it's, it's, it can be fairly um, agnostic to the sector. There's generally human behaviors that are optimal for different device types. I will say, sort of back to the average order value commentary, when the stakes are higher and the purchase is larger, you'll probably be able to get away with a little less UX elegance, especially if they're going to do the work essentially to learn about the product that they want to buy, then they will take the effort to scroll up and down and they will navigate because they're spending $1,500 on a couch. But generally we do see the same results in any time that we can make a more frictionless experience you're going to see some level of uplift in terms of conversion rates for throughput. It is also interesting though, that, you know, you can have a tremendous PDP and add to cart experience and it's still, you might not see it manifest at checkout. And sometimes that does come back to the price point where if you're buying a $1,500 couch, yes, it, you know, it was nice and effective on the PDP, but ultimately this is coming down to a personal uh, decision that has a lot to do with finances and, and stability and the economy, et cetera. Uh, and that also doesn't sort of, that always doesn't manifest through a more sort of sophisticated experience. Sometimes it just comes down to uh, supply and demand. I think where it's really interesting is when you kind of are like on the fence, you're not sure if you want it. And, uh, and I would say if there's two widgets made by different brands and you come in with relative apathy to if you want to buy it, the brand that's going to win is the one that has the higher optimized experience because it's giving you a brand equity experience that you're going to value. And that can carry through all the way into the actual transaction. So where a lot of the, the ROI comes from these optimization efforts and, and thinking through that lens is winning the people that are on the fence by an experience that was above expectation. And I would say that that'll definitely see higher conversion, higher revenue per user than a similar widget that had a subpar experience. And I'd also say, you know, in 2020 and, and beyond here, everyone's expectations for an elegant, effective, and fast experience are very high. So in a world of high expectations, if you come in just a little bit short, you could potentially be giving up a lot to your competitors very quick. 
You mentioned like 2020 and beyond. What do you think is the future of the mobile user experience? Just because like we've talked a lot about like Instagram and buy now, pay later options. And I think I'm assuming that's definitely geared more towards the younger generations. But how do you see also, like, do you think some of the older generations will adopt features like that in the future? I think it'll be more about a seamless dynamic transition where it doesn't matter if you're on your watch, if you're on your phone, if you're on your desktop, if you're on your TV, every experience is linked and completely elegantly transferred from each one of the devices, whatever you determine is your device of choice. And what that does for a consumer is gives you a 360 degree brand style experience that says, wow, what I saw on my phone, I see it on the desktop, it dropped me on the same page, it saved my cart, I then saw an alert on my watch. It's really about the connective tissue between the device types. I don't see desktop going away, per se, but I see the experiences just meshing together so seamlessly that it truly is one buying experience as if you were browsing in a brick and mortar store. Cool. Do you have anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap up? Do you have three key takeaways? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, the, the first takeaway that I impart, especially as it relates to mobile, is to um, use your data, use your analytics to guide the best way forward, collect the information, ensure it's accurate, and really work to build a system that is, is data-driven in terms of thinking through that improvement. After, you know, you have confidence in, in your data collection. I, I definitely think every company, big, small, medium, should be thinking about methods for testing. Uh, there's free platforms that allow you to do it very efficiently, and it really starts a cultural and an internal sort of mindset shift into methods for building a philosophy around structured improvement. And then third, I think the other thing to do is just think Think creative and be hyper-focused on where your customers are today. You walk around the street, you know, you see people stuck in their phones. You, you, you know people are just there mindlessly consuming information. So think creatively about ways to intercept them. These must-win moments are the key to unlocking increased ROI. And if you have good data, if you're prepared to test, and if you're being innovative, uh, you can really see strong gains uh, in terms of the changing landscape. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chase, for joining us. I really appreciate it. For those of you listening, you can find all of our episodes on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, so Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. It was great having you, Chase. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much. <laughs>